It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to take you on a journey today, and we need you to tell us, are we crazy? This is Locked On Auburn. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. And joining us, because it's Wednesday, a little War Report Wednesday, Mike G of the War Report. I'm even repping y'all swag today. To hey, hey, hey my guy. So let's go. Um, Mike G, I love this time of year now because we don't have anything else to to really look at we've got a lot to talk about but there's no other really event football related that's happening in front of our eyes uh until fall rolls around which man that is a long two or three months it's a long time and so a lot of people just by the nature of it really hold on to what a day has to say for certain players and i asked this to a to a uh, i went on someone else's show and they were kind of pushing me a little bit about why does A-Day not matter kind of thing? And I asked them point blank. And I, I didn't even say A-Day. I said any spring game. Has there been a spring game where you were able to say, okay, this impacted the season because they performed a certain way in a spring game. And aside from injuries, you can't really come up with one. I, I haven't been able to hear one yet. And so if somebody wants to reach out and say one, that would be fantastic. With all that being said, the takes about, <clears throat> excuse me, the takes about Robbie Ashford's performance versus TJ Finley or versus Holden Gurner, whatever it may be, there's a lot of stuff going around. And you and I, before we press record, we're talking about this article um, written by River Wells. I, I do not know who River Wells is, but he writes for Auburn Wire. I used to work over there, and so good folks over there. But had an article, Mike G, ranking Auburn's A-Day quarterbacks. And you and I both thought some of the takes were interesting. That's being nice. Where do you, you just want to go in order with it? As far yeah, as, yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's, let's let the people know. Let's let the people know what was said. All right. Very critical of TJ Fenley, which to be fair, I mean, a lot things, of the Auburn fan base is. There were um, things to criticize though. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, although Finley had a few good throws here and there, his performance was marred by poor accuracy and decision-making. One is his deep ball overthrows. Finley released his pass well after the blitzing cornerback had reached him and touched his jersey. Finley also had particularly errant pass toward the end of the first half. That would have been an easy interception for safety Marquise Gilbert had he held on to the football. And he also noted that um, he suffered from receiver drops, which is true. But if you got to point out receiver drops, you have to point out the dropped pick. So what is the most interesting part about this synopsis regarding TJ Finley's performance on Saturday? Yeah, I, it, it's interesting. So we're talking about this today because we just want to give perspective to the fan base on what these performances mean. Um, and I'm with you, Zach, at the end of the day, a day is for the fans, mm-hmm. but you know, the spring is about a body of work all spring. So they went out there, uh, you know, I thought a lot of people didn't think that, that, that TJ showed any improvement. I thought that was off base. Now, was it a perfect day for him? Absolutely not. 
But uh, I thought that he showed good touch on his – he threw two deep balls that should have been caught. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Two two deep balls that would should have been caught, and if they had been caught, this is a 13 completion, 200-yard performance in a half. And with that logic, he has an interception as well. Correct. So, yeah, but depend. I got to go back and look at what drive that happened. But with the completion of some of those balls, maybe the interception doesn't even happen. Like one series of events can affect another. Right. Got right. It. So. Sure. There's yeah. you, you got to look at the, at that. He was the only quarterback that really tested the the, the um, defense down the field. The rest of them played it pretty safe, and that's what we wanted to see. We wanted to see could he get some air under his deep ball to give the receivers a chance to make a play. And I thought he did that three times in that game. So uh, I don't, you know, the that that section about Finley ends by saying. He did nothing to show that he could be the starter. And I, but, but Finley did nothing to display any potential as a starter for Auburn's football program. Yeah, I, I find that take asinine. I find that take completely asinine and devoid of any logic. So I'm not, I don't know what he was watching, but I saw a guy that looked like he had commanded that offense. It wasn't a perfect day. It wasn't a perfect day, but no quarterback, none of the quarterbacks had a perfect day. None of them. If I want to be hypercritical of all three quarterbacks, I can certainly pick them all apart. Yep. And yeah, this is not me. Uh, you know, not, a lot of people are going to hear this like, oh, but he loves TJ. And it's, it's not about that. It's about objectively looking at the performance and saying, hey, is this TJ a little bit better than last year, the TJ that closed out? with three losses last season. And I, I thought that it looked a little bit better. Now we will never know how much because we haven't seen the whole body of work this spring, right? This is about a whole body of work this spring and not just this one day. I, I, I think the a day is not meaningless. I think it is a good chance for you to go out and show the coaches that you can perform under the lights and with a little bit of pressure and in front of a crowd, it's easy to hit threes, you know, to, to stroke threes with no defense, while nobody's watching, it's a different thing when there's a crowd of, you know, 25,000 people watching your A-Day. So um, I, I, I don't think that take was accurate about Finley. Um, Robbie Ashford, this is a part, you know, just talked about how um, did a good job hitting short range targets and a good ability to throw on the run. Obviously mobile, his legs are a threat um, and, and talked about how he was forced out of the pocket too early and too easily on many occasions. And um, his mid to long ring accuracy left a lot to be desired. Um, there's some things in there that are true. Okay. All right. You know, he had a catch over the middle that was behind capers and it was a much better catch than it was a throw. He I made that first one. I think it was his first attempt. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He made that same throw later in the game and it was on the money. It was perfect. Led the receiver, put uh, put it in a place where he could use his hands, catch it athletically, and then make a play after the catch. Uh, he did some good things in that game. Again, it wasn't a perfect day for him. He had some incompletions, but but the 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 bar is not perfection. It's not perfection for these guys. He looked like he under he looked like he had good chemistry with tight ends. I was happy to see all the quarterbacks work the tight ends. That was really great to see. And yeah, I mean, I think you have to. I think some of that is scheme, but I think a lot of it is talent, Mike G. Mm -hmm. uh, I think 
Um, I think those are the leaders in practice right now with those tight ends. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I disagree with the take that he was forced out of the pocket too easily. I mean, what does that even mean, Zach? Like, I, I didn't see that either. And that is an impossible thing to take when there is no pressure. It's impossible. Right. I'm not, I, and I'm not saying it's not true, but I'm just saying you, 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 I don't think I wouldn't feel comfortable saying that um, and, unless unless it was fully live. Yeah, you know, these offenses are going to look different based on who's in there at quarterback. Not all these quarterbacks have the same skill set. So and they rolled him more. Like they, they designed for him to move more. Exactly. Than the other quarterbacks. Yeah. To say that, you'd have to know how those plays were designed and called for him. We yeah. don't know that. It looked like those plays were naturally designed for him to move because that's a skill set that he has that, you know, TJ doesn't have. Yeah, so right. uh, I saw a guy who clearly functioned it looked like a continuation of what he practices yeah that's uh, that's, that's what i saw and I'm so he had, a, he had a good day because he did what he practiced right no I, I, it looks like he kind of stayed within the scheme all right um we look at the final point holden gurner uh there's a little bit of a case there you know could he be the guy is it make mo the most sense for him to be the guy next season today's show is brought to you by built bar built bar is the protein bar that looks and tastes like a candy bar built bars are delicious they're all covered 100 in chocolate they're high in protein low in calories it seems like over the last few weeks i've gotten more and more messages from listeners saying all right what's the promo code for built bar uh and what's the website again and i tell them the promo code is locked 15 you just go to built.com use promo code locked 15 and get 15 percent off they also asked my favorite uh, flavors, and I always say salted caramel because you could put caramel on dirt, and I would think it's delicious. So that's just me. But yeah, check it out, built.com. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Mike G, before we jump into, um, you know, some Holden Gurner takes, what all do you guys have going on at the War Report? Uh, go over to the War Report, uh, hit subscribe. We are doing a lot of great off-season content. One of the things that we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing player breakdowns. So if you go over to our channel right now, you'll see every throw from every quarterback broken down on our channel. That's available to everybody. What we're going to do is we're going to go back and we're going to do a film review just for members where we slow things down and talk about the mechanics uh, of each play and, and what's going on there. Uh, we've got some special things, some great interviews lined up. So subscribe to the War Report. Uh, we're, we're working hard this offseason. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Continuing this war report Wednesday now. Holden Gurner still talking about this article from mm -hmm. Auburn Wire. Um, uh, River, the, the writer here, very high on Holden Gurner. Talked about his good velocity behind his throws and good accuracy for short to mid-range passes. Um, talked about his deep ball accuracy was lacking. But um, th this last sentence is very interesting to me. It says, it's a shame Coach Harson." Didn't give Gurner more playing time because he looked like the best option to compete with Texas A&M transfer Zach Calzada. Your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts is some people will do anything for clicks. Like what? Uh, so the, the, the coach send, send, sent the quarterbacks out there in the order that they 
they rank based on the body of work, the, the whole body of work this fall. Right now, I thought Holden looked great. I thought he showed a ton of potential. And I'm like, yo, is this our quarterback of the future? Yes, he is. Right. Like that's that I was very encouraged about the fact that we might actually be developing quarterbacks. Now a kid comes in and we're not feeding him to the wolves year one. There's no reason to do that. You do not risk unless you are absolutely sure he's the guy. Right. Uh, And I don't know that we're absolutely sure he's the guy. So uh, a red shirt is very likely uh, to say that he looked like he was the best quarterback. Again, you can't even make that statement without knowing what he did the rest of the spring. You just can't. Right. Nobody should say that. And, and when I say that, I mean, I mean to say because none of us saw it, nobody can comp- we can make maybe light assumptions about who the starter will, will be in the fall. But. Uh, it looked like T- it looks like TJ has the upper hand on everybody else, but the truth is only Harson knows that. We, we there's no way we can know that based on what we saw or what we heard. What right. I do know is is that it's very unlikely that he's sending a freshman out there game one. Now behind this offensive line and throwing to these receivers, I, I just think that's a bad idea. Now I do think you can make the case where if you knew he was going to stick around and you really believe that he could peak towards the end of the season and improve and, you know, he really kind of be the guy for 2023 and you just want to deal with the growing pains early and often or potential growing pains early and often. Um, I, I don't hate that argument. I, I really don't hate that argument. That's not really the argument he's making. He's talking about instant impact. And I don't think he's the best option for instant impact. Um, but if you want to go ahead and put that investment in and watch it grow over time and possibly kind of, you know, you gain some interest on it and, and you know, the following season when he's a true sophomore, I am cool with that. But yeah. once again, that's not the argument that's being made here. And also, I don't think you can make that argument because if, if Harson doesn't win enough games, he, you know, he, he won't get the chance to do that. Yeah, I, I love that take, Zach, uh, that you had about, hey, if this coach wasn't on the hot seat for year two, yeah, maybe he gets, but you can't make that call and be wrong. This year, Harson oh. cannot afford to make that call and be wrong. I think you you save Gariner, and the risks highly outweigh the rewards to making that play in year two for him. So, uh, you know, what are the risks? The risks are quite simply you're wrong and you ruined this kid early by throwing him out there too early. Now, one of the things that we have to remember is is that. Four out, of our, four out of our five starting offensive linemen didn't go out there for a day. Right. So we have, you know, no clue really what this line looks is going to look like in the fall in terms of run blocking because run blocking still looked pretty atrocious to me. I don't <laughs> I don't know what you saw, but, like, I didn't see um, a whole we, lot of push. We had a segment on the show yesterday that Auburn's going to have to throw it 40 times a game. I mean, right. it's, uh, yeah. I just don't think it's there. Right, but. Again, we weren't looking at our starting O line out there either. Absolutely, right. So we have to. We have to. Uh, the, run, the runs were very vanilla. They were mm-hmm. very, you know, plain. So I mean, yeah. There's a million other things that go into it. So I just I think that if you, you know, Garen, saying Garner looked like the best option again, that's 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 a that's a sensational clickbait. If you know anything about football, I don't know that anybody with you know. Two more than two brain cells makes that statement. I think that he looked good. I think we can acknowledge that he looked good and that he looks like the future. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I don't think that that is a sensational statement. I think 
I really liked what I saw from him in a day. And you get so few chances as a young quarterback, Zach, you get sent out there and he likely knew with a running clock, he was going to get one series. And he made all his completions to the right side of the field. It seemed like he favored the right side of the field. Sure. Uh, but uh, he, he did uh, connect on what was it, 11 of 13 passes. He was efficient. Yeah, he was efficient. And and, uh, and the ball came out of his hand as soon as he got it. Like, he mm-hmm. knew where he was going with it. And there, there's two ways to approach that. And, look, I am very I am very pro Holden Gurner. Like, when I say this, I am extremely pro Gurner. Me too. Me too. Um. But th- there's two ways to approach that. One is it's called pre-play. Hey, you're throwing it to this guy as soon as you get the ball. And then the others, you know, if, if you're extremely pro Gurner, you're saying, well, he knew where to go before it was snapped. You know, it was all yeah. you know, between the year stuff. And like, man, Mike G, I hope that is true. I really do. But that would be that would be crazy. Like, that would yeah. be really, really special if that yeah. were the case. Yeah, I mean, ultimately. I, we don't. He didn't really get tested. He went against the last team defense, and he went with his first read most of the time. And he didn't have to deal with what the other quarterbacks dealt with. Let's be clear. And the 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 touchdown pass to Landon King was underthrown. Um, it but Landon King is a beautiful, beautiful football. Player. Oh my goodness, man! What him. what a great catch to make! What a great way to sh- go out there and show the coaches that you'll go out there and you'll fight for the ball. So, who do you think was more happy? You when Malcolm Johnson Jr. scored, or me when Landing King mossed a human being? Well, apparently Malcolm Johnson Jr. did not score, depending on who you ask. So <laughs> fair point. Uh, I I was happy. I'm going to say me. Even the almost score by by Malcolm, he went up and he fought for the ball. That I thought that that throw by TJ could have been a a little bit more to the to the corner of the end zone to to sure. help take the DB out of the play a little bit. Uh, and and maybe he doesn't have that little fumble. I, I rewatched he was that. He turning inside time. though. I, you know, I, I don't. I don't think TJ wanted him to turn turn the other way while the ball was in the air. I, I think that was probably the thought process. Yeah, maybe it just it just felt like there could have been a little better ball uh, placement I, I on agree. that. I agree. Uh, yeah. And uh, but ultimately, he gave he gave the receive he gave Malcolm a chance to make a play on the ball. He went up and he did that. Now, uh, you got to catch it, right? So I, I'm not sure what happened at the bottom there. It kind of looked like he just switched hands, uh, but I could not definitively say that the ball necessarily hit the ground. I, I, I thought it hit the ground for what yeah. it's worth. Um, it was close. It was yeah. close. Uh, uh, he tried to play it off. Uh, <laughs> we need to give him an Oscar, man. He, <laughs> yeah. he, he got up like he caught it confidently. Yeah. yeah. I am. Um... I don't know. I, I was just impressed with the receivers, weren't you? Like I, I thought they looked so much better than what I was expecting. Yeah. Uh it, the receivers I thought had a pretty good day. You know, Dawson, the Dawson drop was the most disappointing drop of the day. You go out there with the one offense. Yeah. Your quarter your quarterback, TJ goes out there and lays out a beautiful pass. He clearly and, trusts you. I mean, he went to him early and often. Oh, man. And just gives you a chance. It hits you right in the hands in stride and you drop it. Uh, that can happen. That just can't happen this year. Right. This team does not have the leeway to drop those passes this year. And that is one of our biggest areas for need and improvement is down the field passing. You have to make plays when they're there. And if you're the coaches, I know, again, this is about a whole body of work, so I'm applying that same logic to every player. Yeah. But under the lights, 
you know, I know that was disappointing for him, for him to be in that position to make a play. Mm-hmm. And then I don't think that was a meaningless drop. I think if I'm the coach, I'm like, oh, come on, man. That's routine. Would it have been Dawson if he caught it? <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty I'm bad. Sorry. Hey, I'm going to put you <laughs> in the spot with a question in just a second, Mike G. I did not tell him I was going to ask him this, but um, real quick, today's show brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. We've all been to an, uh, an auto parts store and they didn't have what we needed. And so they ordered it or you just didn't want to go to the store to begin with. And seriously, just go to rockauto.com. It is so much easier. They're easy to use website. I've ordered stuff from there. I know nothing about cars and I was easy. To, I was able to move around their website easily and figure out what I needed. Uh, if I can do it, you absolutely can too. Rock Auto. They're a family business, and they've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. You got to love that. And Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. You got to love that as well. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV. Right? Locked on Auburn in there. How did you hear about his box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. That is at rockauto.com. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Mike G. I got a question for you. Okay. I'm seeing a lot of people say, all right, Auburn's going two and six. Two and six, two and six in SEC play. Um, let's assume they do better than that. Okay, can we assume that? Yeah. Okay. I'm Give me three your three most confident SEC wins for the Auburn Tigers in 2022. So they open up conference play the week after they host Penn State. They mm-hmm. host Missouri, mm-hmm. and they host LSU. Then two Georgia, two Ole Miss by week. Arkansas at home to uh, the Cowbells, host AM, and then they go to Bama. Give me your three most confident SEC wins for the Tigers in 2022. Hmm. Well, Zach, first of all, I'd like to thank you for asking me this question. I really appreciate the opportunity to answer this, and uh, you are a stand up guy. So I think you have to start with Missouri. Right. Yes. Like Missouri, I saw something on Twitter that essentially said we're going one and seven. Uh, I promptly blasted that take. Uh, I understand if you don't think we're going to be one of the, on the top half of the SEC West, but one and seven is again is clickbait, right? Like you got to look at the games that we lost, that we won last season, and you have to think that this team is actually getting worse. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not sold that Auburn will be better this year, um, but I think other teams will be worse, so I think it'll help, and I think the schedule helps us too. So Missouri is definitely the first one, Yeah, no Missouri. question. And to me, the second one is the next week when you host LSU. I, I think those are the two most winnable conference games on the schedule for us. Another team in transition that has been decimated with departures and transfers and I just I don't I'm not sure how you're looking at our schedule and thinking we lose that game at home 
right now. I just don't. Uh, if, if, if we get a little better at quarterback, Auburn wins that game easily. Their defense was easily one of the worst in the SEC last year. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying LSU won't be better this year, but I don't think it'll be by October 1st. I think with a new scheme and a mm-hmm. new reality for virtually that whole roster, um, if they get better, I think it will be later in the season. And so I think the timing of Auburn playing them is good too. Right. Uh, the next win, I think, is is Ole Miss. Your third, so, so, so we okay, we agree on Missouri and LSU. Right? We do. We do. All right. Your third co- most confident win, you say at Ole Miss? I think it's at Ole Miss. Uh, that team is not getting better. And no. No. Uh, I don't think that the guy, the heir apparent to Matt Corral is better. Uh, you know, they had more transfers than anybody in the SEC that jumped in the portal. It's like 25 or something crazy like that. I thought we had the most. I thought we had the most at 20. No, that, right? that, no we definitely did not. Ole, Ole Miss outpaced us in terms of portal transfers. And uh, this is a team we beat last year. The average yeah. Auburn team beat this team, uh, you know, handily last year. So we didn't do very well after the half. But if by midseason, which is exactly where this game is, Auburn is starting to hit their stride, I think that's I think that's a win in my book. So week after we go to Georgia, mm-hmm. is that does is that concerning at all? No, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, you take that beating and then you learn from it. <laughs> I, I think my third one is. Arkansas at home. Arkansas, um, what'd you say? I like that. I like that pick as well, too. Again, it's a team we beat a, last year. Yeah, and it's after a bye week. You get them at home. Granted, they're, it, it, they have the bye week on, the week before as well, but um, I don't know. I, I like that. I, I just think um, I, I really like Coach Pittman, and I really like what he's doing in Arkansas, mm-hmm. but – I, Auburn is more talented than Arkansas is. I agree. Maybe not at the quarterback position, but I, I think from, you know, number one to number 70 on the team, uh, on each individual roster, I think Auburn is a more talented roster. And the fact that it's at home, I really, really like that. And, and with, a, with a bye week beforehand, I just think that's helpful. So I would go Arkansas at home more likely than Ole Miss on the road. So those are my three. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and beyond that, uh, Mississippi State is winnable, I think. It's in uh, Starganistan. <laughs> yeah, I think Mississippi State is a winnable football game. And uh, uh, depending on what happens at quarterback at Texas A&M, I think that's a winnable football game as well, too, if Auburn is hit, it is in full stride by, you know, by the end of the season, November 12th, which you hope they would be. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there are winnable games on the schedule. You know, uh, Missouri is kind of this year's South Carolina a team you're clearly more talented than and you should beat. So they have a chance to start fast next season. They do. Five straight home games to start yeah. the season. And then you go on the road for two weeks and then you come home. And then you kind of alternate a little bit before you end on the road at Alabama. So uh those first five games, if you can get if you can come out of that five and oh all at home and you beat Penn State, you beat Missouri and you beat LSU, mm-hmm. this team develops differently. I agree. I, mean, I agree 100. You get confidence, you get buy-in. Um, fans care more. Like, I mean, there's just so many things that happen when you start the season off 
strong. And, and that's a big part of like why I think the um why I think 2012 was so bad was like if they would have beat Clemson week one, which they should have, um, that season develops totally different. Yeah. And, like, you almost beat LSU that year. Like if you have a little more confidence, you may beat them at home. Like then the season develops in a totally different way. And like I think that really, really matters. I think it does. Even the like 2015 year, um, where it's like, you know, Jeremy Johnson was kind of slow out of the gate, but like, uh, you know, I think if Auburn just kind of puts the pedal to the metal against Louisville and obviously they beat Louisville, but you know, I just think these early season games really matter when it comes down to confidence. Yeah. Listen, uh, momentum matters. And when you can get positive momentum going and if you can stay healthy, and you're learning about your football team, and they're not making the same mistakes, you can you can surprise a lot of people. The talent is definitely Mike G, there. Mike G, what's the first syllable of momentum? Mo. You know why? Why? Because you want Mo of it. <laughs> Where can people find your stuff, brother? <laughs> you, can, you can find us at the War Report on YouTube. Uh, we we are the War Report. Uh, you can find Zach at the Nerd Museum. Yes. Uh, we, all- uh, we're doing a lot of great things over the War Report. Subscribe. Come see us. Right. You did not see that. No, no. <laughs> Mo of it. Oh my oh, God. All right. Hey, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll be joined by national recruiting writer John Garcia. A lot of recruiting news happening this week, so we'll get the, the lowdown from him. Who's Auburn going after at quarterback now that Chris Vizina has committed to Clemson, as well as a ton of other things. So all that and more on tomorrow's Locked On Auburn. See ya! Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 